Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. On today's show, I sit down with triple Olympic gold medalist Jody Henry. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes! a victory. <laughs> that 100 metre swim by Jody Henry is the stuff of legends. Yeah, so you just got to um, twist the. Okay, so tell me the story <laughs> about being recognised. Right, so she'll hate me saying this because she gets really embarrassed, but I think it's such a sweet story. So um, my daughter had just started prep, mm. so it was first year of sort of being out in the school community and one of the mums came up to me, she's like, I'm so sorry, but you, you're so familiar. I'm like, oh, am I? And, you know, I... I tend to play dumb because I don't want to be like, oh, yes, I was. You may remember me from such Olympics as Athens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, because it could genuinely just be that I went to school with them. Absolutely. like that. 100%. Yeah. So, um, so I'm just like, oh, really? Am I? And she said, yeah, was, were you my midwife? Did you, did you help me give birth? I'm like, mm, definitely not a midwife. <laughs> cool. Like, that would be an honour if I had of, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so she was humiliated because then she must have then gone to a friend of hers who knew who I was and she came back to me the next day so embarrassed, oh, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, no, all good. It's so fine. It's all good. I don't care. <laughs> I love that Great so story. Thank you so much. I yeah. love that because, like, I, I get recognised almost exclusively as other people and that's fine. Like, I love getting recognised as you. I get recognised as Lisa a lot. Yep. I get recognised as, um, oh, I've had Susie O'Neill and all sorts of people. So yeah. <laughs> the fact that you've been recognised as a midwife. But often if, if people don't know that I was a swimmer, it's like, oh, did I go to school with you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one usually. Did I go to school with you? But, yeah, same thing. Like back even straight after Athens, it was, are you Lisa Jones? Yes. Are you Brooke Hanson? Yes, Brooke Hanson, yes. Are you Libby Trickett? <laughs> oh, well, back then it was Lenton. Libby Lenton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, and I just keep walking. <laughs> I wouldn't correct them because I just felt like a bit of an idiot to correct them. But, yeah, um, you do. You feel like I, I'm the same. I'm just like, yep. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness, the funny, uh, funny things. But I mean, blonde swimmer, big shoulders. We were all the same. Yep. Back all in the, the day, same. literally, yeah. we were all blonde-haired, tanned. Yep, no eyebrows, no. like you and Alice said, no <laughs> eyebrows. Um, yeah, and uh, but it always used to be amazing when you'd go into shops and people would just go straight away, are you a swimmer? And you'd be like, yeah, why? And they're like, your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I know, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a pretty dress, please? Yeah, I would like to dress these shoulders in a pretty dress, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, yeah. so funny. So, okay. <laughs> I've been so nervous about this interview. Really? Yes. Like, oh, the amount of times that I've almost cancelled because <laughs> I'm so nervous about interviewing you. Am I an intimidating person? No, well, you always have been to me. Really? <laughs> yes, but you're so lovely. Oh, okay. So <laughs> okay. No, I think, I think the thing that made me nervous was, 
obviously we were great rivals Mm -hmm. for so much of our swimming career and like I credit you with making me the athlete that I was because I think well without you honestly without you Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to continue pushing myself because just to make the Australian team yes like to make the Australian team we had to be top three in the world or top two in the world top two yeah, you know and that was just such an inordinate amount of pressure (laughs) but to know that you were like just down the road swimming at you know Chandler Aquatic Centre and pushing yourself like that just drove me every single day and we had such different um racing styles like I used to go out so fast and you used to just grind home and it was just like this amazing tussle and so I was always really intimidated by you so (laughs) but the thing is you're so nice and I could never hate you it was this really annoying thing (laughs) yeah oh I want to hate you but I can't yes exactly yeah Yeah. did you do you remember I mean it feels like so long ago now but do you remember those feelings like did you have that that's what I wanted (laughs) Or am I crazy? Uh, no, no, you're not crazy. I love that. I love that that drove you. Um, I'm different. Like, that's the thing. We are very different. Mm. Um, and I think that's what made our rivalry unique and what probably pushed other people to push that rivalry on us even more yeah. was that we were so different. You did go out, but your strength was your speed and your power. Mm. My strength was the coming home yeah, stuff. coming home speed was just unbelievable yeah but like and you also had that intensity that I never had and sometimes I was a bit jealous of that as well that I never had that yeah 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 I never had that full-blown passion for it like you did I was fiery (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you were quite similar to Alice Alice was like that as well and so that was also the difference between us as to why we could train together too Mm. because we were different but I was never motivated by beating someone Mm. I was Especially in training, I was motivated by improving on what I did previously. Mm. Um, So Shannon was really good at repeating his main sessions, like his important sets. He would repeat so then we could see that improvement. Um, And so that's what motivated me day to day. And I was actually someone who could train by myself. I didn't need someone to push me. Interesting. Yeah, and that's still to this day. Like I'm pretty good at pushing when I get – the opportunity to exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst all the things that you're doing, including having three kids. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm still pretty good at pushing myself to the limit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that is so interesting because, like, I, I need to have the group dynamic mm-hmm. to have sort of something to push against. Yep. I really found it hard to remember what I used to do in previous sessions, which I actually think was partly a strength because then I – if I had a crappy session. Clean slate. Clean slate, forget mm-hmm. about it, can't really remember. Can't really remember if it was good or bad in the session. I just know how I felt. Like I had a vibe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the fact that you can train by yourself mm. is amazing. Like that's such a that, – I mean that's an intensity of focus yeah. that not a lot of people have. No, no. I mean, look, I still had the coach there with me. Mm. I just didn't need to have the others around me to push me. Yeah. So, um, like, in in training, you wouldn't need Alice next to you to kind of push you in that. Shannon never actually put us next to each other ah, in training. Interesting. Yeah, we never raced each other. Um, Alice would always – Alice liked to lead all the time. Mm. Um, so, she always would go off in the first wave, whereas I would go off in the second. And I was usually with uh, – can you remember Cassie Hunt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so she was mainly my training partner. Um, we were in the second wave. So, 
yeah, I just, uh, yeah, Shannon balanced that brilliantly because I don't think Alice and I would have coped if we were racing each other all the time every yeah. day because then you start to then question yourself a little bit mm. like and she had different strengths to what I had she was like you she had that really great front end speed mm. um she had a really good 50 time whereas I was that I excelled at the 100 200 pace sets so, yeah yeah so for those who don't know how did you get into swimming because I love the story I mean, you tell it, but I love the story about how you used to kind of be dropped off at training and not necessarily (laughs) head into the pool. Yes. Yes. So, uh, okay. So, swimming sort of happened because um, growing up in Queensland, Mm. you have to learn to swim. Especially like when I had quite active parents who would go out to the – my dad loved water skiing, Mm. so he'd be out at the lake – all his family were involved in surf life-saving, Telebudgera surf life-saving down the coast. So um, we were always sort of around the water, especially over holidays. So you had to learn how to swim. Um, learned to swim at a um, – first, Laurie Lawrence was oh, my yeah. first ever swim school. Then went to a lady named Margaret Fogarty who um, I think she's still down uh, – is that Daisy Hill? Or down that way. Mm. Yeah, and then um, sort of just progressed from there, started swim club. Swim club was social and fun, and that was me. Yeah. I loved that side of it, just the sausage in between races (laughs) where you could eat that back when you were, you know, eight. You could have a sausage two minutes before you I used to have hot chips and some red frogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good old swim club days, hey. And my kids are the same as well too. They love swim club for the treats and the socialising. So, yeah, so it sort of just always just naturally progressed. I never was the um, posters on the wall, super swimming obsessed athlete. Mm. that just wasn't me. It was just I fell into it. I just you just enjoyed it. Yeah, and I just got better at it. Um, yeah, but then yeah, by the time I then had moved to Chandler, which I think I was about thirteen, fourteen, when things started to get a bit serious. Um, yeah, went under Shannon's wing, and there was it was really big squad, and it was across all different disciplines from distance girls like Emily Pedrazzini, yes, all the way down to us sprinters, you know, young, fresh faced. Um, and so, yeah, it was um really big squad. So <laughs> there was a stage where, yeah, like teenager, I, I was rebelling a little bit, not to the extent that a lot of teenagers rebel <laughs> by far. I missed a, like literally two sessions. <laughs> it was two sessions over maybe or oh, a few months because we figured that um, there was a, there was three girls, myself, a girl named Lisa and a girl named Dimity and um, – yeah, we uh, we decided we didn't want to do the 2K effort that was on the board Look, that fair day. enough. <laughs> fair enough. We were sprinters. What the hell? What the hell was a 2K <laughs> time trial in there for? Exactly. So lovely Sleeman Sports Complex has beautiful, nice green areas. So we went and, um, you know, sat by the lake with the ducks. <laughs> and when our parents picked us up, we wet our hair in the upstairs bathroom so it looked like we'd been in the, in the pool. So that was none the wiser. None the wiser. How, how did you not keep doing that? Because that just sounds like... <laughs> oh, look, you know, I think we just sort of need to do it a couple of times to yeah. get that out of our system and then we were, yeah, it was fine. So when you first went to, to Chandler and you're training under Shannon, like, did you think, or when you were sitting with the ducks, did you think that you wanted to try and make an Australian team? Like when did that become a possibility for you? 
Yeah, so like I said, it always just was that gradual thing. Like, mm. oh, okay, I'm state champion. Oh, okay, I'm going to nationals. Oh, wow, I have a chance to win. Oh, I won. You know, um, so it was... Because what age was that? Oh, okay, so I moved to Shannon, I think, when I was 14. I think around 15 I'd won my first nationals. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, it sort of was just... it. I mean... Back then, you think it's a slow progression. It's actually a really quick oh, progression. Like, yeah. <laughs> meteoric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so there was 17, I was on my first open team. So I missed um, and that was 2000. A, that was Commonwealth Games. No, sorry, 2001, Fukuoka. Yes, Fukuoka yeah. World Champs. So 2000, I made youth Commonwealth Games. We went to Scotland. So that was my first Australian team, but it was a youth team. And that was a really good team to be a part of. I think there was only like eight girls, eight guys. So it was small, really nice introduction to international travel. Um, and I had my coach, Shannon, with me on that Amazing. team. Um, and so then 2001, nationals were in Hobart. And, yeah, I made the team for the 4 by one Was petrified. Yeah. I was on a team with Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett, Jeff Hugel, Michael wow. Klim, Gian Rooney, Patria Thomas. I was just like, oh, my God, I don't think I spoke when they spoke to me. I don't think I said anything back to them. It was really intimidating. So yeah, first team 2001 and it sort of just went on from there and it was, there was never light bulb moments for me. Yeah. It was just that progression of, it's just oh, a slow I've done burn. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well then maybe the next one. Oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the next. So it was sort of, yeah, like every time I achieve something, then okay, the next thing's possible. Mm. Yeah. But did you, so like leading into Athens, mm-hmm. did you have a goal? Did you have like, did you want to win a gold medal? I wouldn't have admitted that to no. anyone or even to myself. Ah. So yeah, the gold medal Individual gold medal is a thing. But we went in there with the main goal of being the four by one gold. Because honestly, you were number one in the world. I was number two. Alice was number three. And yet we still weren't the favourites. No, because we were still still seen as, you know, but I think we all knew. Yeah, we we knew. (laughs) We knew that that was ours to lose. Mm. So, um, yeah, and then it was a matter of, you know, who was going to be our fourth person in that really so yeah that was probably the main goal and especially for Shannon having Alice and I exactly in the team together so yeah and the hundred was such a nerve-wracking thought I don't think I let myself think of it that often so how did you because coming off the day one like day one first final at an Olympic Games gold medal, world record. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I still get goosebumps and, like, thinking about that moment because it just <laughs> seems know. so unbelievable. Like, I was I 19, yep. you were... 20? 20, maybe? Yep. 20, yep. Like... And Alice was, what, like, 17? <laughs> like, five, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> she was so young. <laughs> she was so little. Um, um, and it was Patria's last... Yes, um, last Olympic games. games. Last meet ever. Last meet ever. And, you know, that was such... Oh, like one of my favourite moments was standing on the dais with you. Like I, I don't think I appreciated it enough at the time, but now I can reflect and just go, that was fucking incredible mm. what we were able to do in that moment. I know. But how did you come off that? And reset. And reset to get ready for the 100 freestyle? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me was- your secrets, Jody. <laughs> It was such a blur. Mm. It was such a blur. But 
Yeah, it's sort of because we had a couple of days, didn't we? Between yeah. actually, we had a few. Probably, I think it was like three or four, four. I think. Yeah, yeah it was day five and six. Yeah, so we had quite a few really between between the relay final and our heats. So it was, I th- yeah, I think it was just a matter of going back and just concentrating on what to do every day so mm. okay today I'm going to the pool twice a day and I'm just doing okay of just flopping arms over that sort of thing I never have been one to get out and about during competition yeah. so I didn't let the village overawe me okay um so I am the girl who takes like 10 books away and a dvd back then dvd player <laughs> Um, yeah, like the CD. For the children folder. listening, they yeah. won't know what DVDs are. <laughs> Everyone else will, though. Yes. So um, I'd be watching movies, listening to music. Um, I took crafts away. Like, you took crafts? <laughs> I took crafts. I don't know if you ever came up into our room, but we had um, – I had glass paint. So we had done, like, all a heap of glass painting and had, like, um, artwork on our door. adorable. <laughs> It just kept me busy and kept yeah. my mind off because I am, as much as um, people thought, I didn't get nervous mm. because I didn't show the emotion. Oh, my God, inside was ridiculous. So whatever could keep my mind off what I was going to do because I honestly could not wait until the Olympics were over. Mm. I wasn't someone who relished that nervous feeling I could not wait till I was done because I and I think that's a really interesting point for any athletes current athletes who are listening because you you have had such a sort of turbulent ride with the those nervous feelings and even in was it 2000 that you didn't even want to race (laughs) like you almost didn't race yep like how did you work through those emotions because I've only ever known you as like this cool calm headed competitor yeah so how did you work through that um I it wasn't something I did it was what my coach did okay he kept on pushing me he never let me walk away Mm. um Alice or anyone who was on a men ostrom tour with me um before 2004 would tell you oh yeah I was trying to run away at any chance I got mm. that fight or flight thing, I was choosing flight wow. every time. Um, so it was almost like exposure therapy, like just yes. racing as much as you could. Exactly, right. facing the fears. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, to the point where then you then pick up skills throughout the way. So I learned that by chatting to someone in the marshalling room often dulled down my nerves. Mm. So. Um, because I wasn't thinking – because I'm an introvert as well, to have a conversation, sometimes I'm thinking a lot anyway. Mm. So if I'm having a conversation, I'm thinking about what I'm talking about, not what I'm about to do. Yes. Because I don't need to think about what I'm about to do because I've done it a thousand times before. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just that, yeah, like you said, exposure therapy yeah. and, and learning my own skills. Because that's, that's exactly right. Like everyone has different – like we all get nervous. Mm-hmm. We all feel those nerves in different ways. We all can feel that adrenaline rush. We can all feel shaky, have the butterflies in our tummy and all of those sorts of things. And sometimes for me, when I've had those most intensely, that's when I've raced actually at my best Mm -hmm. because that's your body getting ready. But it's about managing your mind in those moments. (laughs) Yeah. Not seeing it as a negative that you're nervous, seeing it as um, you care. Yes. Exactly, yeah, which yeah. is what I told myself before this podcast. <laughs> I wanted to 
good job. Um, so into the Hunter freestyle, can we I, – because I only kind of found out this story a little bit later. <laughs> the bus? The bus. The bus. Oh, the bus. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell the story about the bus and your experience of – because in, in Athens, like, it was just a shit show. <laughs> like, it was. It was. I remember walking into our apartment at the village and the plumber was still putting in our toilet. Mm. And you weren't allowed to put toilet paper down the toilet. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, like, any time we had a shower, it flooded our apartment <laughs> because there was no – like, the drainage system wasn't working properly. Yeah. There was yeah. no um, manicured lawns. It was just dirt and hope for the best. Yeah. So it was all a bit of a shambles and for the 100 freestyle semi-final, the bus network was not so reliable. No. And we ended up, the bus was running late. Can you tell the rest of that story? (laughs) So the bus driver decided he'd go for a cigarette instead of taking us to the pool on time. So it was clocking over that minutes, wasn't it? Like, and they were just going so slow, like, come on, just get on the bus. We just need to go. on the bus. And because you time your warm-up and everything based on when you're going to get there. Exactly. You want to get out of the water at, you know, 40 minutes before you race so you can get your suit on so you can get to marshalling area. It's all, all like, pretty precise. Yeah, exactly. So we're sitting there on the bus and um, everyone's getting tense. And it must have been all the the 100 free girls as well on the bus because – According to Shannon, all the hundred free coaches were at the pool panicking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so just sitting there and you could just feel the tension rising in the bus. And um, I don't know if you remember the story, but Lee Nugent, a couple of nights before Athens started, told us the story of Kieran Perkins in one of his Olympic Games 1500 finals. Mm-hmm. Bus broke down or was late. Exactly the what? same. I didn't remember that you story. Don't See now, you should have remembered. I should have remembered. Story, this is the issue. Uh huh. <laughs> so I remember the story because I was literally sitting there going, "Uh huh." <laughs> Lee told us what to do because he said Kieran just sat there and he just thought to himself, "No, they're not going to start without me," and he just calmed himself down. Yes. He just like, oh, look, that race could have started without him. (laughs) But it's just reframing his mindset to calm Mm. himself down and not panic. So I've gone, what would Kieran Perkins do? What would KP do? And so I'm going to calm down and I'm going to start thinking of what I can do once I get to the pool to get myself ready if I don't have much time. Putting my suit on was warm up enough, to be honest. Well, I mean, let's be fair, those suits. Yeah. They were pretty bloody tight. We had to start from the feet up, yeah. people. Like, it's not no knee suit. I got blisters like, a lot. Yes. Yeah. On the backs of your fingers, of your though. your fingers. Backs, yeah. So, anyway, so, um, yeah, I was sitting there staying calm, but I honestly could hear you behind. <laughs> and I thought, don't turn around. Don't turn, because I knew if I turned around to you and I could hear Skippy was trying to talk to you and calm you down, because if I turned around to you, I would pick up on your energy and I would panic as well. Mm. So I'm sorry, I totally left you out. Hey, look, hey, (laughs) I get it, man. (laughs) But I just had to conserve myself and Mm. I knew that others were talking to you behind, but yeah, like... 
completely get why you were panicking because yeah. it was the semi-final yeah. of our event. Yes. I totally get it. Yeah, that. to make it through to the final. And mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting that you tell that story because I remember that feeling of stress. Yeah. Like I can feel it in my chest. And it's just like, oh. And, and you know, like I look back and I go, oh, I just want to hit myself upside the head because it, it was fine. Like we would have been fine. Like, but it's that moment. It's that pressure. It's that expectation that we put on ourselves. It's mm-hmm. the desperate desire for an outcome yep. that we're looking for. Yep. And, you know, as the story goes, you went on to make the final win the 100 freestyle in a world record time mm-hmm. and I went on to come ninth by 0.09 of a second and not make the final, <laughs> which I can laugh about now because, you know, I've, you I've, can. I can, I've learned a lesson. And exactly. It doesn't define me in all of those things. But mm. what I find magic about that story is like that we can talk about it for one, mm-hmm. but that you had such a clear sense of what you needed to do in that moment and you yep. were able to reprioritize yep. what was needed in yep. that moment. Because I you were had, adaptable. Yes. Because I had had the experience to do it. Mm. And we've spoken about this a little bit. That was your second team ever. Yes. Yeah. That was Athens was now my fourth team. I went O one, O two, O three, O four was my fourth senior team. Yeah. I had had the experience. I had had other situations where I've had to adapt and just mm. deal with it. I'd had multiple situations like that even just at Athens before I had to even start racing. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a learnt trait. Mm. And even to this day I still sometimes have to learn those things all over again. We learn and relearn all the time, right? Yep, yep. So leading into the final, because, I, like, I want to hear that experience from your perspective. Like, mm-hmm. did you think you were going – to win, like no, yeah, no. I didn't imagine that. You, <laughs> you're not the type of person to be like Gary Hall Jr. Like, <laughs> I've never won. Yeah, never no, won. No, 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 no. Um, no, it's more just because I'm very much the mentality of you can't control what anyone else does in swimming. You've got your own lane. It's not like boxing where you're face to face with mm. someone and you can control what they do. Don't you touch can't. Me. Yeah, exactly. Like, so for me. Um, it's just that acceptance of I just need to focus on what I need to do to do the best job for myself because I can't control what Inga de Bruin or Natalie Coughlin mm. do. I can't. And the minute you're trying to focus more on them is when you lose the race too. 100%. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was always someone who raced my own race and I had a very different race plan to a lot of others in the 100 where I had a better back end. So Just a little sidebar. Because I always, when I was racing you, I would always be worried if I wasn't far enough ahead of you. That I'd catch. That, yeah, because I know how amazing your back end speed was. So when I was not in my race and focusing on my race process, that's what I would worry about. Did you ever worry that you were too far behind? <laughs> um, no. Like, I, <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> no. No, because like I said, I never really... It wasn't other people pushing you. Yeah. Like you were always so focused on what you were doing, yeah. Yeah. and um, Which is why you were so good at what you did, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Oh, thanks. But, you know, you definitely beat me plenty of times. I ended up beating you a few times. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, but I just knew if I tried to be you, I'd blow up. Mm. Like because my stroke was 
a real smooth, like I could not force my stroke. Mm. I didn't have your power. Mm. So if I tried to do anything like your Alice, I'd just, I'd go worse. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, like, yeah, I always just worried about myself. And mm. to be honest, a lot of the time I couldn't even see you probably because it was usually your kick yeah. that I was looking at. So. Like, wait, oh, wait, there's her head. Got her. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. And so, like, on that day, like, did you, like, when you turned around and you saw number one and, like, you had achieved I, obviously what you set out to achieve, mm-hmm. like what was that feeling like? Could you – Relief. Yeah. Yeah, relief is the first thing. Just like – and not even before I saw the result, just – That it was over. Thank God that is over and I can't do anything to change that. Mm. And then, yeah, you turn around and go, oh, oh okay, yep, that was me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think, you know, I, I turned to my coach and go, he's got better memories of that than me because – my whole Athens experience is like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Like I was watching someone else do it. It's amazing. So um, I only remember parts of it. Mm. And they're parts that you wouldn't expect. Like I remember watching Liesl swim Mm. and Thorpe and Hacky swim together. And I remember those sorts of all little – and I know I told you this last time we caught up, but – the moment when you came over and congratulated me, yeah, that was amazing. Thank so um, there's things like that that I, I remember. I didn't remember that moment until you told me that last time because I don't, I don't know why. I just – I don't know. I felt very strongly that I needed to watch your race. Yep. I felt really, very strongly as a teammate that I needed to be there to watch it even though I wasn't going to be part of it. Yep. And as – angry at myself I was I was so happy for you it was Mm. a really weird thing because I wasn't used to that feeling (laughs) we're competitors we're competitors I wanted I wanted to be winning the gold medal yeah I get that (laughs) um but I was like I was so happy Mm. and proud of you because like ultimately we know what it takes to just even get to the starting blocks you know yeah um so I really appreciated when you told me that story. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wasn't a total bitch all the time. <laughs> no, I honestly just thought that was so gutsy of you to come over and um, congratulate me when I knew that you were essentially devastated for yourself, yeah. which um, I just thought that was really mature of you. Thank so, you. Yeah. For a 19-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's I, – I don't know that many other athletes would have done that. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, like, moving on. <laughs> I mean, you could tell more about, about the good things that I do. <laughs> I need to just be constantly reassured that I'm a nice person. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> um, so, like, going on into, like, the next couple of days, obviously you've you've done what you set out to do. Yep. You then have the 4 by one medley. Yep. Which was, like, you know. Last event. A last event, last day of competition. Mm. And you got again. You guys weren't the favourites. Like you were up there, but you certainly weren't the favourites. Like, yep. Did you feel that pressure now that you're Olympic gold medalist in the hundred freestyle to perform again for your team? No, I had. I always really enjoyed relays because yeah. the pressure was across four people, yeah. not just one. Yes. <laughs> so um, it's more fun. It's just a lot more fun. And Patria had won the hundred fly, so she was 
flying. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I know Liesl, you know, she hadn't done what she wanted to do in the 100, but she was still swimming really well. Yeah. And we had Gian, our best backstroker ever at mm. the time in the team. So we had a really good shot and it was more just um, that fun, like, yeah, ladies, let's get this done sort yeah. of thing. Um Hardest race I've ever swum. I remember hey. feeling the pain. Yeah, it was just because the week of just emotions, emotions. yeah, was on me. <laughs> and so, yeah, it stung. I didn't swim down afterwards. God, oh, no. No, no. last race. No. <laughs> but it hurt. It hurt a lot. So where do you go from there? Because I think that's what, you know, that transition is obviously what I'm very interested mm. in now. But there was still a few years of, of swimming for you. Yep. How did you come off such a high, having achieved everything you probably ever dreamt of, yep. more than, yep. like, I don't know many people who could go in and go at three gold medals from and three world records from three swims yep. <laughs> at an Olympic Games. Steph Rice. Yep. Well, I mean, other than Ricey, <laughs> you two high performers. Yeah. Um, like, what... Like, what is that? Like, what, how do you reassess what you're working towards? Did you find that hard? Yeah. So essentially winning and doing what I did in Athens cut my career yeah. short because I wasn't that, like I was saying, I wasn't that mad, keen, like swimming passionate person. I, lo- I liked what I did and I was so proud of what I achieved in Athens but I felt like, okay. I've done this now. Yep. What's next? What's next? Yeah. And there was a moment in Athens after I'd just won. So my coach was is and still is so passionate and so dedicated and um, really driven. Mm. So he was sort of that element that I was missing in yes. our team. Yep. Um, and so when we got back on the bus after – all the drug testing and media and everything after the 100 final. He's turned to me, worst thing he could have said, but 100% understand why he said it because he is who he is. He's like, yes, back to back, let's go, Beijing, no one's ever done it before. And I've just gone, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally inside was just everything dropped and I'm like, another four years stuff no like yeah so that but the problem there was I wasn't honest at the time I didn't say that to him and I did not say that to him ever Mm. about how I actually felt and so I just dragged my swimming career out for the sake of others interesting myself yeah it was and so you could have finished in Athens like do you feel like you could have if you had have been, you know, slightly older or... Yeah, like had a... Yeah. Um, or maybe taken a... Extended break. Like a big chunk off to go and live some life. Mm. Yeah. I Like I can't say whether I would have gone back or not, but yeah, it was just... Yeah. Yeah, it was just that I felt like I'd done it mm. and anything else was just well, in comparison to what I'd just done. Yeah. And I didn't also have the need to do that again. Yeah. I didn't need to be validated by doing that again because I already felt validated. Yeah. Like, so did you feel validated before or after? Before Athens yeah. or after Athens? Um, to be honest, uh, 
in terms of my achievements in swimming career, after. After, yeah. 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 So you um, felt like you had nothing left to prove. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. And so, and I wouldn't say I was doing it for family or sponsor or any, it was just, um, that's what you do. That's what everyone does. Yeah. If you win three Olympic gold you keep on going yeah. and you do it again. Yeah. Like that's what everyone does. So you just got to do it. Yeah. Because it becomes not about just the singular achievement. It becomes about the longevity. Yes. Which is always my mindset. Like yeah. that's, that's how I'm going to be better <laughs> Yeah, is to do it over many years. Yeah. And I would have loved a little bit of more of that in me. Like I said, I was jealous of you <laughs> and Alice many times because you just had something I didn't in mm. that way. But then I also feel I had qualities. Exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone has their strengths, don't they? Yeah. So, essentially, Athens, yep, just stopped my career. I mean, I won the world championship the year yes. after. It wasn't fast, though. Yeah. I hated swimming in those drop-in I say, I, I say, yeah, I'm like, yeah, wasn't fast. Like a little bitch. <laughs> you won the world championship. <laughs> I know, but still, like, when you set yourself that expectation, mind you, I wasn't training. Mm. We'd moved to Canberra. I wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, I wasn't training. There was a whole heap of things that just didn't fit. Didn't fit. Yep. So um, multiple reasons as to why choices are made and yeah. things happen. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so when was my last team? So we went 06 Com Games. Yeah. You went and to 07. Then 07 Worlds, that was my last team. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, what – because you didn't actually make it to Olympic trials in 2008. No. So what was that process for you of making that decision to withdraw from trials and then – because it was another kind of 18 or so months before you actually <laughs> I put, my paperwork. put your paperwork in. <laughs> that, what was that sort of – did it feel like limbo, that sort of two-year period? Between when I stopped swimming and – no, and putting my paperwork in? Yeah. No. It was literally so you had a moved on. I had moved on. Yeah, right. I was living a, like a life of just chill. At the time, um, I had started dating my now husband um, and he was still a professional AFL player. So I had switched from being a supportee to a supporter um, and sort of um, helping him when he needed help, stuff like that, travelling and watching him and enjoying being you were a on wag. the other side. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jenny Henry the wag. I hate that word because it implies that that's all those women have going in their I life. I totally agree. I hate that. They are. There are so many brilliant, Actually, brilliant women, women who are partners of sports people. So anyway, uh, like Jodie Henry. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like yeah. Anyway, okay, I'll <laughs> move on. But um, yeah, so I never. I had told people there was a question of me returning to the sport, mm. but once I got out, I wasn't getting back in. Yeah. Yeah. And so what did you do after like the formalities were in? Like, cause you went on to have kids pretty soon after that. that yeah. That's obviously a transition in itself because yes, like very different yes. <laughs> to swimming. Very. Um, what was that sort of period of time like when you were moving into that? Were you trying to find an identity outside of the sport? Because you've kept pretty low profile mm. once you, like, officially retired. Yeah. Yeah. I never wanted to be 
high profile. Like I don't, that's not one of my values. So the the only thing I knew I wanted to be when I grew up was a mum. So that was my thing. Um, So then when I did become a mum, yeah, not that long after stopping swimming, Emmy was born in September 2010. That was like life goals. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said, swimming was like this wonderful thing that I'd achieved, but that actually wasn't what I wanted to do Mm. in my life. Um, But those couple of years between stopping swimming and having Emmy, um, like I said, I was just happy just being supporter and just, I was just chilling. Um, I I wasn't really working that much. I was doing a little bit of work experience here and there, but... um, Jody Henry, Olympic triple Olympic gold medalist, was doing work experience. Well, yeah, like I wouldn't call it work experience so much, but I was just doing things for people if they asked me to. Yeah, that go sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I was sort of just living a pretty chill, cool life. Yeah, um, doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it because I felt with swimming a little bit trapped because if I wasn't swimming, I was tired from swimming to not do anything. Yeah. So once I wasn't swimming, we were going for drives on weekends. Mm. We were going and exploring. I would have loved now, especially with COVID, would have loved that I travelled more in that, more overseas in that period, but is what it is. Um, Yeah. And um, yeah, things worked out where, you know, I've now got the family that I've got and um, I wouldn't change anything for it. And so because obviously now your kids are a little bit older, all three are at school. Yep. Was there a moment during that transition? Because these are all transitions, right? They're all different transitions that we all go through adapting to life stages. Yep. So now that you had more time after having kids Mm -hmm. and you're less relied upon as a mother. Yes. Slightly. I mean, they're still pretty punishing. <laughs> the school call. stuff just does. Oh, murder. my God. It's, like, almost more intense yes. once they're at school. Yeah. Because there's, like, all the extracurricular activities. Oh, yep. They're only away for six hours, and that goes very quickly. Goes very quickly. Yeah. yeah. But with that little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra space to understand you, yep. was there a moment where you're, like, Yes, life goals. I'm a mum of three. That's wonderful. Want something else? Is there something else that yeah. I want to be? Yeah, yeah. So in between, actually, in between um, Charlie, my second, and Freddie, I actually worked at a um, at a jeweler here in Brisbane. So Wallace Bishop, who are also Hardy Brothers, uh, I worked in their diamond room. Um, because you were making, like, you were making jewellery. Yes. I, I remember buying a little bit of your jewellery back in the day. I can't say it was anything amazing because it was... Hey, I purchased it, so... <laughs> it was literally it was just a, a crafting kit. It was. It was. Um, original in a lot of ways. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I have always been – I was a kid with a rock collection growing up and, like, if you look around here, I've got a couple of, like, little bits of, you know, pieces. And um, I love, like, things from the earth that sparkle and, like, I just – that – how science can create something so beautiful. Like, Mm. that fascinates me. Um, And so, yeah, I worked in the diamond room for a little bit um, and that was great. I loved that. That was two days a week. My dad looked after my kids for me because mm-hmm. mum was still working. Yeah, and uh, I've really enjoyed that. 
But um, once then I had three, oof, mm. I found it really the idea of going back to work with three was really just, oh, my God, I can't even. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there was a while there. And especially, too, my husband had also started his own business once our third was born. He was then a qualified Good time builder. to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great time, time. To start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going through his transition from sport as well, working exactly. out who he wants to be when he grows up. Exactly. So, yeah, he in early 2015, he became a qualified builder after doing, you know, um, the years of carpentry and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so then we had started our own business and it just wasn't the right time for them me to go and try and find something for myself because mm. I was trying to support him as well. So especially like – so my husband is dyslexic, which also has gone through to um, – my son Charlie so a lot of the paperwork and stuff like that and emails does have to be done by me got you um yeah I was admin yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I hated it yeah I was gonna say how'd you find that I would hate it oh I hate it hats off to anyone who works in admin Mm. I could not do it like and even um accounts and things yeah that's tough not me and so now that all three are at school and you had that space to kind of work out if you wanted to go into something else. Yep. Have you found something? Yes, I have. Yeah. So I work for Swimming Australia in Athlete Wellbeing and Engagement, which is a um, that AIS created a few years ago when obviously there was a lot of talk around that transition mm. piece. So this was uh, created by them to help athletes in the outside of the pool, off the track, off the footy field, um, and help them build something, an identity as well, away from being an athlete because that's really important in that transition piece. I got involved in it because I did the GMR program, mm, Gold Medal go- Ready. Yeah, gold Medal Ready, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, through the contacts at the AIS, they said, are you actually interested in coming back into sport in any way? And I said, well, actually, yes, because I've seen not only my journey from leaving sport, I've seen my husband's, I've seen his mates, I've seen people I swam with. And so it is a space that I'm really interested in. Um, I didn't struggle so much with the – because I didn't define myself as an athlete. Yes. I didn't struggle with walking away Mm. in that sense. But – finding something afterwards took a bit of life experience. Well, it's almost like your main transition was after kids. Yes. Defining yourself outside of that just primary role as caregiver. Yep. And understanding what you wanted Mm -hmm. with your time. Exactly. So I'm a real kinesthetic learner. I'm kinesthetic and auditory and I like to do things. So I'm someone who needs life experience yes. to know what they want to do. Ooh, that's such good self-awareness. Yeah. Like I can't – well, actually, funny thing, back in the day when I was at the Institute, Shannon had someone come in and do all those um, profiles on us. Ah, so he also was clever. trying to learn better ways of communicating with us. Yes. Yes. Because we so, all learn differently, right? Exactly. And it was just a little bit of light bulb moments of going, oh, yeah, I am like that actually. I'm not I'm not reading and writing at all. Mm. Hence why I hated school and didn't want to go to uni. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I needed that life experience to find something that I wanted to do mm. um, and just give me a go at anything. Yeah. I'll tell you a few months later if I like it or not, Yeah, but just give me a go. But I think that's what a lot of athletes are like and why it's kind of 
can be hard in that transition is that probably a lot of us are not sort of reading and writing. Obviously, there are a lot of athletes who are very, very yes. incredibly smart and go on to be doctors and lawyers yep. and all sorts of things. But yep. like, there's a lot of us who like to learn on the job and actually we're very coachable. Yes. <laughs> being athletes. <laughs> yes. Tell us what to do and we will bloody do it and we will fucking nail it. Mm. But it's it's getting the opportunity to learn on the job, which doesn't always happen No, in life after sport. No, no. And that's one piece that um, I know the AIS are really looking at now as well is that job experience, work experience, life experience. Mm. <laughs> so is it, do you have any regrets like from your swimming career? No, because I feel like if you have regrets, that means you want to change where you are now. Because mm. every decision you make in life leads you to where you are, really, isn't it? 100%. So, yeah, um, no, no regrets because that would be like then saying, if I had have made one different decision, would I have had Emmy? If I had have made one different decision, would I have had Charlie? Mm. You know, um, and then same with Freddie. <laughs> yeah, full on as Freddie is, <laughs> love him to bits. Um, Yes. But so also three children. Three children. And the third just is nuts. So I agree. My third is nuts too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it is a third child thing. Sorry to any <laughs> qualities in ways that couldn't imagine. Like Fred is an entertainer. He is mm. hilarious, but just does not have the um this isn't a good idea button in his head. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. So we've had quite a few emergency visits with Fred. Yes, I was going to ask. He's the one that's been going to emergency a few times. Most recent one was with a concussion. Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's ideal. Yep. Hey, I went to hospital a lot with concussions. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yes. Might explain a few things. I don't know. <laughs> you were youngest in your family I too, weren't you? I think it might Maybe be the youngest, the youngest thing. thing. Yep. Yeah. But so now that you're kind of moving on into life, like do you – feel like this athlete well-being path is what you're passionate about and kind of where you see yourself going in the next few years? Yeah, absolutely. I love – so my manager is Lindley Frame. Yes, um, it's fabulous. So, yes, and one of our alumni, obviously, um, world championship breaststroker, uh, and we work really well together. And it's an area that I really love being in because I love being the support. Mm. I love being the support, not the supportee. <laughs> I don't like being the project. Um, so <laughs> – it's really nice to be on the other side yeah. and being like, what can I help you with? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very different, obviously, from what I have known, but it's a space that's really important, I think, because it hasn't – it wasn't prioritised very much for athletes mm. until now. And the professional sports have had it around for a while, yeah. quite some time. Is there something that you would like to see? Like, obviously, we talk mostly to swimming because that's – what our background is, but is there something that you would like to see happen in the next few years to help support athletes more or, or, or sorry, another question similar, like is there something that athletes can do to help themselves transition into life after sport? Yeah, more just acknowledge that it's going to happen because I think sometimes when you're young it's that whole bulletproof thing of um, it's never going to happen to me. Mm. And it is. It is coming. It's coming for you. Age happens and there will be a day that you can no longer swim. It's not like golf where you can play, you know, well and truly into, you know, 40s, 50s, whatever. Um, our body does stop performing at mm. some stage. So, yeah, it will come and just 
be open to the support that's there. You never know what what opportunities are going to come along. I've started to be more, um, as long as it fits in with your values, saying yes to things Mm -hmm. instead of saying no. I'm typically, I used to be someone who would be, because I'm quite shy in normal life, um, I just go, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I've learnt to say yes more often. Yeah. Um, and just, oh, okay, all right, let's see where this leads. Like doing, so I'm still finishing a cert for in career development. That scared the bejesus out of me mm. because I have not studied since high school. Yeah. But saying yes has led me to these great opportunities and working with Lindley. Yeah, it's this, it, it's a funny kind of like, tipping point right because if you say yes enough you'll probably go on different paths but you also don't want to say yes to everything because then you start to yes have no boundaries <laughs> exactly well that's the thing and like that's where it's that as long as it aligns with your values because even this job if it had have been full-time wouldn't I, have worked it wouldn't have worked I have three young children at school who have who are now especially getting into that extracurricular of sport after mm. I couldn't have balanced that. I couldn't have juggled that with also having our own business. So, yeah, it's a matter of saying yes to the things that are timing and it's patience and it's all of those things. Exactly. So with your kids, do you imagine that they might play sport? They play sport. Um, Would you encourage them to be Olympians or professional athletes? Not necessarily, no. I mean, like both of us have come from being, you know, quite – achieving so it would sort of be quite intimidating like uh, Emmy has actually said to me I want to do a sport that you guys didn't do ah. because yeah wow, she's very aware yeah That's well cool. I also think that um it's not us saying things it's other people saying things are you going to be a similar like your mum yeah things like that I feel like Poppy's getting that and she's in like she's going into grade one this year but it's like yeah yeah. It's too much for a little one. Exactly. So Emmy does netball, loves it. She's a big team sport person, <laughs> loves the social side of things. <laughs> I mean, awesome. Yeah. She's got to be a very good person. <laughs> <laughs> and But I just think sport teaches them lessons. Right. That go across life. Yeah. Really? I mean, know. I make that joke, but Poppy is going into netball this year because <laughs> I want her to be a good person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I never got the opportunity to do team sports. I mean, to be honest, I would have been completely uncoordinated. Mm. Um, like I remember playing volleyball at school for, you know, just inter-school sport and I jumped and came down on the side of my ankle and couldn't train for a couple of days. <laughs> So, you know. Swimming was for you. Yeah, swimming was for me. Uh, the most you could do is what? Run into the lane rope. Yeah, break a finger on the lane rope yeah. or wall. Um, I have seen that done. I've seen someone break their elbow on like a finish. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, right? That's a, that's a bad one. I mean, elbow. I feel like, you know, you're touching too hard. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're too eager. <laughs> I mean, like I'm intense, but that is next level. <laughs> Hang on, so what, like... Yeah, they overextended. <gasps> Ste- Steph Thompson, oh. do you remember Steph Thompson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow, all right, ouch. Um, yeah, so, and the boys do footy. Yeah. Um, that's something that they can bond with their dad over. Cute. And they all swim. Okay. Swimming is non-negotiable yes. because until you can swim a K straight, mm. I'm not confident with you being in the surf. Yes. Like, like, yeah. 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 
So, um, yeah. Do they like it? Like, even though, you know, mum was a superstar? Um, Emmy's, yeah. Charlie is, so Shannon has a theory about, like, a middle child competitiveness, and that is the case in our family, our middle child, Charlie. What's what's the theory? That they're really competitive. Like, they're the competitive, sporty ones out of the group. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you were... I'm a middle. Oh, you're middle. Alice is a middle. Alice is middle. I'm the youngest, though. But I was the youngest by a fair way. Were you? Yeah. So, so it might have reset again. Yeah, resets, you know. Yeah, different. <laughs> um. <laughs> we are different. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. Yes. I'm sure your mum would have got so many laughs out of you. Yes. Um. <laughs> I was literally the one in hospital all the time. <laughs> So you can laugh at it afterwards, mm. like you laugh at your kids afterwards, but in the, like in that moment, you're like, again? Seriously, again. Are you freaking kidding me? Especially yeah. in a pandemic, I don't want to go to the hospital. No, we don't want to go. Mm. Well, I mean, ideally we never go anyway, but especially in a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, bloody Fred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, Charlie is very competitive and he actually asked so Emmy was doing two sessions, swim sessions a week. Charlie asked to do two now as well. And you can see him in training. He's looking where he is in the lane. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You're he so has intensity. He has intensity. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also that kid who, as being dyslexic, he also is ADHD. Gotcha. Um, so this is his outlet. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for him to move his body. Yes. Yep. Very good for him to move his body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have one more question because mm-hmm. I've kept you for a very long time um, because I feel like I could tattoo for ages. <laughs> um, but is there a moment for you? I mean, obviously, Olympic gold medals, world records, they're magic. They're what we aspire to do. Yeah. But is there a moment that happens kind of behind the scenes, that moment that's kind of the quiet, proud moments that you have? Like for me, for example, um, it was at World Short Course. It was the four by two relay. Um, we were coming behind, and we ended up touching out to win. Mm. And like, no one knows that because nobody watches the World Short Course championships. <laughs> but that moment for me is one of my proudest moments because I wasn't known as a two hundred swimmer, and yeah. I was able to touch the wall ahead of the other teams, and that was like just so magic for me. Yeah, is there? moments like that for you that you go wow I'm so proud of myself for what I was able to do there um yeah like more at the smaller meets things where like it's like Mare Nostrum yes where it's backing up again and again yeah and under conditions like I was telling some of the current athletes because they're possibly doing it this year the swim down pools at Mare Nostrum are like non-existent or like tiny. they're like this deep <laughs> yeah you can barely do a stroke <laughs> yes. but the times we would swim there mm. were amazing yeah and it was Nostrum is just one of my favorite memories of swimming yeah yeah and it was the travel race race under conditions that aren't ideal travel again race yeah yeah it was those sorts of things where you go okay it's actually not that hard. We actually make this more complicated than yeah. it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. We overthink everything. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. And Sorry, I have one more question. Yep. Um, <laughs> what would your advice be to athletes who are going through that transition or are trying to make the decision to move on from life after, into life after sport? Um, 
like I was saying, say yes to anything because you never know where it's going to lead mm-hmm. as long as it's aligns with your values but and don't be too hard on yourself like you don't have to find something for the rest of your life right now Mm. I actually think it's really like I I might be getting a bit of tangent here but I actually think it's really cruel that we have an expectation of 18 year olds that they go to uni and pick something they want to do for the rest of their life yes I was (laughs) literally just going to bring that up because it's like when kids come out of school and it's like what do you want to be when you grow up and I'm like I'm 37 I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up I know I remember my manager saying that to me when he was 40 like I don't know what I want to do the rest of my life um and yeah like at 18 they are still kids Mm. they are like they're not children, but they are kids and they have so much life learning to do. And how old were you when you retired? Oh, 22 or 23. Yeah. You're still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was 27 when I retired the second time. I still felt like a kid. Yeah. Oh, look, I still feel like, uh, you know, when you go like, uh, so I'm 38 now, I'm like, I don't feel grown up like I thought I was going to feel. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still a child. Yeah. Hey, mom. <laughs> The kids have got this weird rash. What do I do? Yeah. I need an adultier adult. Yeah. Yep. So, um, who put me in charge of all these children? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Hats off to the people who don't have parents Mm. to call to to ask because, yep, I still call my parents a lot. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, just don't be hard on yourself. And we're still working it out. Yep, still working it out. And you never know what one path is going to lead to. Like my sister did exercise science at school, thinking she was going to be doing lactates the rest of her life. Mm. She now works in the cardio lab telling surgeons where to put heart stents. Wow. Yeah. So you just, you just don't know. Yeah. Mm. And one thing kind of leads to the next. Mm-hmm. Got to trust it. Yep, exactly. So good. Thank you, Jody. That was amazing. No problem. I didn't need to be worried. No, you didn't. (laughs) See, I'm not intimidated. No, you're lovely. You always have been. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's show. It was just, it over the last few years, I've started to become really close to Jody because we've gotten to see each other on different events uh, through the gold medal ready program um, for the AIS it's just been such a pleasure to kind of get to know her outside of that competitive arena and that was all from me like that was uh, uh, you know as you heard in the in the show she's just so nice (laughs) she always has been and that's something that I partly hated about her (laughs) for a really long time but also couldn't hate her because she was just so nice and it was just such a pleasure to be able to sit down with her and understand the way that she worked as an athlete and understand how she's transitioned into life, not just after sport, but, you know, into parenthood and all of those stages that you go through um, with your children as well. And the fact that she's come back to sport and into that athlete wellbeing is just so magic for so many athletes it's going to make such a difference so yeah as always I hope you enjoyed the show and if you did like the show make sure you share it if you could social media at all that glitters pod dm me any ideas that you have on people 
that you want me to speak to. But there's going to be lots of different athletes as well as swimmers, but a lot of swimmers. Um, yeah, so like, subscribe, share, rate, review. That would be great. Otherwise, I hope everyone has a, a wonderful week and I'll chat to you then. Bye.